Hello, hello, and welcome to Art Pop Talk. I'm Gianna. And I'm Bianca. Today we are diving into the 2023 Met Gala, all the looks, all our thoughts, and you guys pretty much know how we feel already about the theme, Karl Lagerfeld, a line of beauty. But now, you know, let's hope this is a recap you've been waiting for. I think everyone has waited long enough <laughs> for this recap, so let's get Art Pop talking. What up, what up, what up? Hi, how are you post Met Gala Monday? Oh, I'm feeling good. I, it's nice to be back on my show. Um, I will <laughs> say I felt extremely happy to to be an audience listening to you and Jane, but also like so sad that I missed out. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I'm not a bride. Like I, I guess I don't belong here. And then I was like, wait, no, like I should be there. But it was just, it was so good. But I also just like thoroughly enjoyed getting, you know, the art pop tart experience. I really loved our episode. <laughs> it was with really good. It was so good. Um, I really appreciate her being on the podcast. And just to give you a little preview of what's to come, Women's Art Wednesday will be back on the pod at the end of this month on the 16th of May. And this time we'll be blessed with not only Jane, but also Paloma, co-founder of Women's Art Wednesday. So we'll get the dynamic duos back together. Everyone will be on this episode. No one will be excluded and (laughs) it'll be great. I'm very Amazing. glad to hear it. I'm so <laughs> well, we missed you, Bianca. Oh, that's, that's kind. Thank but Jane, that. Jane was right. She was like, I bet Bianca's off, like working her ass off doing other like maid of honor tasks. Oh, I mean, thank you. Like, I, I like to think I'm a good maid of honor. Um, You're a fantastic maid of honor. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Amazing. Well, what have you been up to, Bianca, since we haven't heard from you in a hot minute? What's been going on? Um, not too much. I, I was telling, um, some friends that I feel as though I am in summer preparation mode. I have like a few things going on here and there, you know, but like really I'm just gearing up for summer and it's coming in a few weeks and I have a bachelorette party at the end of May. And that is really like springboarding me into the summer. But in order to complete like my summer activities, I have to complete like the to-do list so that all the summer activities go well, you know? (laughs) Like I have some outfits by, we have, you know, two weddings that we're going to two weeks in a row. Mm. And then we have this kind of like summer travel period in between those two weddings. So I feel like I need a rental car. I need to, I've booked all my flights, but now I need like the ground transportation. I just reserved my hotel room for this wedding and then your wedding, Gianna. And so I, I'm like gearing up to do all these things that I have coming. So mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in summer prep mode. Summer prep mode. That's fun though. It's exciting. It's just I mean it's it's like an excuse. You know how last time we were talking about like busy hands, busy hands. Busy hands, busy hands. Like now I feel as though it's, you know, I gotta shop for my I need my rent the runway for the weddings I have. I gotta find like your rehearsal dinner outfit. I got I still gotta get shoes, you know. I also have to find my rehearsal dinner <laughs> outfit, and I also have to find shoes for my wedding. 
Shoes have been the hardest part. I had an easier time finding my fucking wedding dress than I did finding <laughs> shoes. Yeah. And I was talking to Thiepen about this because he was like, oh, it's just like those white shoes. I didn't think it'd be that hard. And I was like, you would think, wouldn't you? Like, it's yeah. going to be fine. We will have shoes. We will wear them. We will have shoes. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, good. I'm glad that you are doing all the things and that we get to know about them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it, but I'm just, just know I'm really excited for, I'm really excited for summer. And then when summer's here, that means like your wedding is here and I'm just so excited. (laughs) Thieven and I were watching, if you were watching a movie, like it wasn't even real. I can't even remember what it was, but in the movie or the show, whatever we were watching was like, I think it was friends and Monica was like, can you believe like you know, we're getting married in three weeks and Thieman and I both made the same sound. We were like, oh, like that's so stressful. It wasn't even real. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's the most positive sign that we both had the same reaction. Four weeks, baby. Four Four weeks. weeks. (laughs) So that was funny. Well, come your actual three weeks... You're going to be like, everything's under control. Because I'm coming in like almost, three, well, like two weeks before. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's Everything be... will be under control. I will have my Monica headset and you will not need to worry about a thing. Yeah. Still, there's just something about like, I don't know, like <laughs> the clock feels like it's hella ticking. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Like it is for sure. <laughs> like There are things you need to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just got done with a big event for my nine to five. So that's exciting that that is also over and done with because when yeah. you're also just the event planning like never stops. Yeah. I feel like I can finally, I took a little bit of like a break in April just because April is just an insane month. So yeah, it's nice to, I feel like now I can, I can go back to it now. So yeah. Anyways. Good. Yeah, but this is not a wedding episode, so we can. Much to your dismay, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, I know you guys just really want me to keep talking about my shoe fiasco, but um, we do have some other fashion content to talk about today. Fashion. (laughs) Um, I feel as though I kind of just want to get into it. Bianca, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, basically, I just have like a long list of things I wrote down during the red carpet, and that's chrono- chronological enough for me, so mm-hmm. hopefully it is for, for the listeners. <laughs> I, I think so as well. I mean, you and I have, you know, when this theme was also released a while yeah. ago, we've known about it for such a long time, we have talked about the criticism surrounding this year's theme, and so it's just kind of interesting to get into the looks. I do have a couple thoughts about the exhibition itself. Of course, we as the public haven't been super privy to that yet because it is only accessible to um, the elite, you know, at first. But (laughs) when, to put things in perspective, also just as last year, 
Bianca was watching more of the like cable broadcast. You know, I watched Michelle. I watched the E carpet. Yeah, Bianca so watched the E carpet, and then I just watched the Vogue live stream, which I do think it is really interesting when we take the perspectives and kind of mesh them together. Because I agree, of, especially this year, you guys, the interviews were just. I felt very uh, cringy, felt very forced. I Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. No, it, it, I'll say it wasn't much different on E! this year. Mm, yeah. It, so it wasn't like, you know, because I feel like on the Oscars carpet, we got a lot of like this, like fucking Hugh Grant. <laughs> with Ashley Graham. And I feel like there, you know, there's always a little bit of like awkwardness with kind of newer hosts or fresher hosts um Mm -hmm. you know I think Mm -hmm. at this point like a face like Vanessa Hutchins has been kind of like a a reoccurring host for a while but when they throw in new people sometimes you know it just gets a little the the last resort question is like so who are you wearing and then when you get to that point you're like all right yeah we're here (laughs) yeah so I I do have thoughts about that also Lala I think did great I mean she's not new to the Met Gala interviews Mm -hmm. but I did miss Kiki Palmer a lot I will say that yeah yeah Yeah. I mean Kiki is great well Bianca do you want to do you want to get into it I uh Mm -hmm. I'll say you know, I don't think we need to go into, you know, our little history of the Met Gala. We definitely have done that before. So if you're looking for a little bit more on uh, previous Met Galas, different themes, how it's originated, we have covered that in our previous recaps. Uh, you know, it's benefiting the Costume Institute. Andrew Bolton is still the curator of the Costume Institute. I don't think we need to kind of hash out that detail as well. We've also talked about the theme in general, obviously Carl Lagerfeld, you guys know how we feel about that. And we have broken down, when the announcement was made, we did break down some of the uh, main critiques and uh, why the theme was already getting backlash from things Carl has said and the type of person that he was in in fashion. So Mm -hmm. um, we've also talked about that before. I don't think we need to recap that for anyone here. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think a good place to start would maybe just be talking about the overall tone to kind of piggyback off of what you were just talking about, Bianca, because I don't know about anyone else. Obviously, there is a lot of content from just the public people who are fascinated with the fashion industry, mm-hmm. um, with the Met Gala, who have talked publicly about this theme and the controversy around it. Our podcast yeah. is no different to that. So aside from the noise that is kind of happening on other platforms talking about this controversy, it was very interesting to see how it was not really addressed at all by the uh by the chairs by the creator by hardly by Anna Wintour hardly by Anna Wintour and Andrew Bolton they deflected that question so hard and what is referring to a CBS interview also correct which (laughs) all of our information comes from CBS news (laughs) but but it just is interesting because not I'm not only talking about how it felt like the controversy was deflected at the event itself, but even prior. Yeah. And and I 
could also just not have consumed maybe interviews that happen addressing this controversy. If you found anything, definitely slide into our DMs. But the only time I really saw anyone address or try to like address this question of controversy was in the CBS interview with Gail King. Yeah. And I mean, it was a- I fucking love Gail. Point blank. Point blank was like, listen, he's homophobic, fatphobic, racist. What do you think about that? (laughs) And it was just, and, and this, so what Anna's response was to that question was essentially, of course, we do not, and I do not agree with those comments. However, basically saying that Lagerfeld is someone that I knew I loved, we cherished is an icon and we want this event to be a celebration of just that. Mm-hmm. And that tone I felt as though very much carried throughout the red carpet. And yeah. that also had a lot to do with the interviews. To mm-hmm. me, Bianca, this felt like a memorial service. <laughs> it w- especially, especially with in like some of the backdrop with the Vogue live interviews, there were just a bunch of white roses, you know, and it just mm. it felt very like in memory <laughs> of Carl Lagerfeld. And I was like, is this a fucking funeral? Like, what is happening? Yes. See, I I I totally get what you're saying. And it was it wasn't until truthfully Anne Hathaway graced the carpet that I think things really picked up. And I don't know why that was, but for me, the first half of the red carpet was a total snooze. And I'll get into that as far as like the looks go, but there was this, I don't know how it worked with just the the order of the entrances, but the second half seemed to be much more lively and what we would expect from what what I think how do I want to say this without getting too far into it what I think was correct interpretations of the theme Mm -hmm. but at the beginning so many of the looks were direct vintage copies or like you know Dua Lipa walked in Claudia Schiffer's actual the actual gown from 1996 that Claudia Schiffer wore from Karl Lagerfeld for Chanel And it felt like in the beginning, and Nicole Kidman, of course we can get into, but she wore the dress she wore from the Chanel number five commercial directed by Baz Luhrmann that we talked about in our perfume episode. So it felt, yeah, Jenna, like people were wearing things that, you know, from Carl, like directly from Carl for the first half, rather than offering the interpretation of a line of beauty mm-hmm. or an interpretation or a take on Celine, Chanel, Carl's work, Fendi, you know. Mm. Um, and I guess- So I, I get what you're saying. Well, but even with that, like, we knew that we were going to kind of expect that, that we weren't going to necessarily get these costume conceptualization looks. We were just going to get these- uh, these garments that were be that were able to be relived on the red carpet, right? Because he, you know, he didn't pass away that long ago. He still re- he was a relatively active designer, so all these things still exist. But when I also say how like it just felt like the tone just made me have a lot of combative kind of feelings because uh-huh. of his recent passing, 
the the main interview questions that we got were, you know, of course, like, how are you? Hope you have fun tonight. Like, mm-hmm. who are you wearing? But then it was everyone who was on this guest list, which I think it was interesting this year, we got a lot of attention or there was a lot of conversation about how to get on the the, the Met Balls gala, yeah. <laughs> Met Balls guest <laughs> list and how that process works everyone seemed to have a memory or story about Carl. And it seemed like a lot of, obviously he touched a lot of people in the fashion industry. So I'm sure someone can pull out any kind of story, but the question that they were asking most everyone on the Vogue live stream was, do you have a favorite memory of Carl? What's your favorite memory of Carl? Oh, that's really interesting. And I, and, and basically what was so interesting is everyone in these interviews just went on to talk about how much of an icon he was, how much of a personal friendship they had, professional friendship they had, and spoke to how he was a genuine, genuinely nice, great person. And it just made me feel like there was some like conspiracy theory happening. And it's not to discredit, and it's not that I I don't believe that. I'm sure that he was nice to a lot of these other very nice elite people, but it was this tone of these things that we all know are being unsaid. And it felt like it was trying to compensate for that, that everyone had to pull out their, here's Uh my great Carl story. Well, see, that's super interesting because I feel like I I got some of that on the e-carpet but when um I don't know his last name his first name's Harvey who was um the the host actually present on the carpet um for E there there were some times where some people did have stories about them but there were other times like Cara Delevingne I want to get into her look because I I absolutely loved it the it was like JVN uh a, I forget the other three host names. I didn't recognize them. One of them is a new uh, new housewife of, of New York, but there were like four panelists basically just like talking about the the different looks, the different fashion houses. And like Cara Delevingne was like a muse for Carl. Then, you know, she thought of him as a mentor. So that was kind of like this like knowledge that they have of their relationship. But then on the carpet, there were those like tidbits kind of here and there. And some of them were super interesting. And I was I was like, trying to evaluate all these coded messages as if they were coded and I don't know if they are or not. And I want to get into that with Lizzo, but with um, Selma Hayek, Harvey asked her, or he was like, oh, like, I, I think you knew Carl. And she's like, yes, he was my neighbor in Paris. And she said he was a very good neighbor. Not like, Oh, he was a great friend. Like we had a great, it was like, oh yeah, he was a great neighbor. Wait, what? You know, I just then, don't know what everybody is, is protecting when this is already information like we know about. I guess I'm just so curious right. about all these kind of coded undertones and why that was there, which makes me go into my Gianna brain of like, what's a conspiracy theory and will these people be ousted next year from the Met Gala if they say anything negative about Carl? <laughs> Okay. Yes, exactly. So I wanted to get into that more because Lizzo posted on Instagram um, this photo of her in a like kitchen eating French fries. And I don't know where the fries came from. I don't 
think they say McDonald's on them, but she's like eating French fries in this kitchen in her Chanel dress. The caption is what's after seven at Chanel official. And so she's in the kitchen eating French fries in her Chanel gown. Lizzo has been very outspoken, obviously, about her size, her race, who she is. She's proud of that. And she's such an amazing, amazing image in popular culture. And she posts this photo. And I was actually reading through the comments because there's like two sides where one side is like, you know, Karl Lagerfeld, we know, was a racist, fat phobic person. And he you know, carried that with him throughout the, and that's something that resonated throughout his work in the fashion industry. And now here's Lizzo wearing Chanel. If she tagged Chanel, I'm wondering if she, was she at the Chanel table? I don't know. And when she was on the carpet, she, I thought this look was, was not like Lizzo. I thought it was very toned down for Lizzo. I mean, it was mm-hmm. very elegant. She looked beautiful, but Compared to the... Just in terms of like a Met Gala Lizzo look. It's right. not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And so then she... People are like, oh, yeah, she is basically like giving Chanel and Carl the finger. But then the other people were like, why did you even go? Like, why are you even wearing Chanel? So where... Like, what is the code? Is there a coded message? Or But I can't be... It's Lizzo. She's in a, a presumably like fast food restaurant kitchen eating french fries in her dress. Like, that can't be not... But oh, and then you're right. I I just I I have absolutely no idea what is happening. I have there, especially from some of these celebrities who are incredibly outspoken, outspoken, who are advocates for, you know, a lot of different things. Someone like Lizzo, who uses, you know, her power, her platform for so much good. Like, what are we trying to protect? And also Lizzo performed at the Met Gala, too. So, yeah, I was that's also kind of confusing. And then um content that I was kind of consuming afterwards were Viola Davis did um she stopped by for the Vogue interviews with her husband Mm -hmm. and I she wasn't saying much but I didn't think anything of it her husband though did go on to say how like Carl was such a nice great guy basically later on I was like just consuming other content and how she was a kind of focal point of her outfit was interesting because Mm -hmm. Carl had said in the past that I guess pink was his least favorite color he said think pink don't wear it think pink don't wear it and so here comes Viola Davis with this all pink outfit and so if there was a moment of protest Mm -hmm. that would be possibly the only one that i might that i that i saw but j-lo also wore pink she had a pink skirt and ashley graham also had pink in her dress yeah but i mean but 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 to be honest davis think anything they still definitely paid homage to kind of the black classic Looks. Totally, but a but I hold on. I have it in here. JVN was talking about how in like the nineties, uh, Carl did a um like highlighter neon collection, and so JVN had thought that Viola Davis's look was reminiscent of this very particular moment where Carl had like this neon. Uh, spread 
And then I also have Ashley Graham's look is also inspired by this like Chanel pink look from a 1987 show. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is interesting though that someone also like Ashley Graham, who's a plus size model and who's very chose to wear a dress that included pink. But but, it but it's Chanel also dress. that undertone is just so subtle and like what is with the subtlety and even. You know, it's just interesting to to have also witnessed that interview and have Viola Davis's husband, you know, he he didn't have to say that. And so right. if that's what her dress also truly meant, like it's just I'm getting such mixed messages by what it is we are trying to protect in. And we have had so many works of and looks of protest at the Met Ball, you know, yes. red carpet that has also historically in the past not even has been a protest of the event or the theme. It's been mm-hmm. something else like the tax well, the rich of, dress. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking of. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wearing a dress to the richest fucking, you know, performative ass event ever she's in attendance like she's not not going but her dress is saying tax the rich and so there is this very present hypocrisy that takes place at the Met Gala Mm -hmm. but last night I think it was the most covert it's ever been and I don't know why and it translated as just super uncomfortable and like we're all aware of the just the mass elitism that obviously takes place with an event like this. It's something we're all painfully aware of, but there was something even just more painful about it last night. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just, it's every, it's everyone knows. It just, and it it made me feel like they, they were, again, like everybody has in this room, hasn't been affiliated or touched Mm -hmm. by this like big fashion house, these several big fashion houses that Lagerfeld has been a part of or has been influential in their lives. And it's like no one – and none of these people, like, there's nothing to go down for the ship, like, go down with the ship. Like, they are not responsible for the words that have come out of this person's mouth. But it's like it felt like it it seemed like – there was a wave of, or there was like a smell of cancel culture in the air that everybody yeah. was very yeah. afraid of. Yeah, that's really, that's a really good way to put it. The irony is so present because another one of the big um, statements Carl made was him like basically denouncing the Me Too movement. Oh, yeah. And and given that this is a night that features so many Hollywood starlets who have publicly talked about the Me Too movement and been not not only talked about it, but been impacted by the actions of men. It's just so what are we doing? I just really feel like there is something that's being protected and there's some kind of larger like conspiracy like happening that like literally if you say something about Carl, like you cannot come back to You know, I mean I wouldn't be surprised. Like I mean I'd look you guys all know how easily I will give into a conspiracy theory. Totally. If it is presenting con- convincingly to me, like I will buy into it. But th- I just, I'm so of the belief that there's literally so much we don't know about Truly. behind the scenes of Hollywood and, and, you know, fashion in the elitist world that I'll never know. And I wouldn't doubt that you can be easily blacklisted in the fashion world for something like this. And at a time when, 
acting itself, acting alone is not the, you know, kind of end all be all of a career. There's brand deals, there's sponsorships, there's going to the Met Gala because you're at Givenchy's table. Right. It's all about- I would not be surprised if you could be easily blacklisted because what happened with Balenciaga? And Mm -hmm. we saw that thing that just happened. I mean, this is hard, but like the Schiaparelli Vogue Italia with Bella Hadid, that AI thing, we can do that, but I sent you on it. And if you say one bad thing about the house you're working with, Mm-hmm. You know, I. Well, I, it just it really goes to also show how interconnected these huge fashion houses are, and I think mm-hmm. how much really they all rely on each other to kind of uphold this like mm-hmm. elite fashion standard. And I think yeah. I was really very pain- painfully aware of that too, to see the conceptualization of Kim's Scaparelli dress. That was the the biggest disappointment to me of last night and I'm not I'm not even mad (laughs) I I didn't I really didn't like the look in general but like I'm not I'm not even mad or disappointed at like Kim I have like absolutely like no thoughts towards her this time around it's I'm I'm so disappointed that literally her and Scaparelli worked together to create a look with with all these strands of pearls, this brand, Scaparelli, and 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 called it, you know, homage to Lagerfeld. It's just the hypocrisy. And what is more Chanel than pearls coming from well, Scaparelli? And then and then Michaela Cole, I, I'm I think I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, who was one of the co-chairs. You know, her Scaparelli look, she's a co-chair. Yeah. And it was gorge. I mean, mm-hmm. ep- epitome of Scaparelli. Yeah. And I didn't see a hint of Lagerfeld in that. Nope. But in the caption that Scaparelli posted, it was, you know, reminiscent of like Carl's jewels and stuff like that. I mean, but whatever. Like, it was a full on yeah. scap gown. But I... Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But like... Just to I make was, a like, scap- one of the co-chair One of the co-chairs is wearing... Is wearing Scaffarelli and it was a it was a big disappointment for the Martucci sisters. It was it was painful <laughs> to watch that dress and to to hear Kim say like you know like what is more Chanel than pearls. So I went with Scaparelli and wore their brand and then I don't I don't exactly know where to go from here because my mind is being like pulled in so many different directions. Do you do you want to continue on that line of like people who weren't it sis like? I that yeah we can we can just go into it I will say that was my dagger to my heart that was my least favorite look I really really don't have like too too many other thoughts on looks that I didn't like I thought altogether it was just a wash in a sea of deconstructed formal suits done in an interesting way. I think Tom Brown did the best job at that, in my opinion, but that's also kind of like his go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Kim's Scaparelli dress was the dagger to my heart. But I also just like can't with Jared Leto as always. I think, Bianca, you were more here for it than I was. As always, but honestly... What a shift in the carpet. Like, I think that's <laughs> what I was craving because I, you know, I was thinking about Kim. Oh my gosh, Kim in this dress. And it's just so 
funny that last year Kim was Kim was the Met Gala. You know, we talked about it months afterwards. Like, regardless of the repercussions of the garment, like what happened afterwards, the you know the aftermath of the physical object itself, mm-hmm. it she was the talk of the Met Gala. And at first, you know, whenever we did our recap the day after without knowing, you know, all the insights that we know now, like that was a moment. That was a moment that fit the theme, American lexicon. It, you know, it was, it was iconic. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care what it was. Mm-hmm. And it will go down in history as one of the most iconic Met Gala looks ever. And I was just fucking craving something, you know, like, God damn it. Like we're watching it. And um, I'm going to quote JVN a lot because I, he was holding back and I could tell. Mm-hmm. And there were some moments where he was like, she she looks beautiful. I was like, mm-hmm. Like, please tell me where. And he did, you know, he he was on the same side as me as like, you know, Lizzo just seemed, it was very toned down for her, you know, all this stuff. So I feel like he, you know, not that he didn't like any of the looks, but it was just like, you know, it's this like very positive kind of panel when I think it's okay to be like, I'm bored. You know, this is fashion's biggest night. I'm bored. And so he was talking about how the Met Gala carpet is a performance walk. Like it is a performative event. And so many people even change whenever they get inside. It is the carpet that is that that show of the garment. It is a chance for fashion to speak in, in action. Right. Half of those outfits don't even get worn in the actual space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the carpet was just so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And I just, you all know I'm not a Jared Leto fan, but seeing like just like a fucking random ass fluffy cat like on the carpet where everyone, like you said, Jan is very like memorial-esque. And Jared, and he was talking about, you know, he was friends with him, whatever. He wants to like play him in a movie, all this shit. But like, oh my God. (laughs) The visual component of seeing a large fucking cat on this carpet was hilarious. Yeah, I mean... I guess say what you want about Jared Leto, but he is true to <laughs> whatever his vibe is and yeah. happy for him <laughs> know that I am. I just was like dead inside by the time I got to him. And so I just yeah. did it not was- have a reaction. And then by that time, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra were like already on their little like Vogue interview. And Nick Jonas was just like, oh, and Jared Leto came as a furry. <laughs> and like, that's, that's all she wrote. And then he changed, like, he changed, like, on the carpet, you know. But so should we talk about Doja Cat then if we're on the theme of cats? Yes. Um, <laughs> I fucking love Doja. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I guess I'm here for, you know, that kind of costume that kind of camp factor that does come with uh you know event like the Met Ball and so I I it's not that I didn't this might be the one time that I I suppose I actually have some kind of appreciation for Jared to your point uh Bianca but I think as far as the uh cat content went Doja stole the show per usual did I mean we were texting about it but did you think it was ironic that it wasn't Scaparelli given that Doja had walked for them as like a crystal red behemoth and then 
also in a show that featured all of their animal props and prosthetics. It, yeah, I mean, it does seem like, like a missed opportunity for Scaparelli, but also I think to kind of reiterate what we were saying earlier in terms of feeling like, again, no one was speaking out. It really puts into perspective, I think, of how these if relationships- she's a cat, she just didn't have to say anything. I think maybe it was a cop out. I th- really think so. She's like, oh, if I can go as a fucking cat, I don't have to shit on this asshole and then I can just come back next year. Like, that's how I would play the game for <laughs> sure. But I think it just goes to show even as much as we, you know, love someone like Elsa Scaparelli, it does show how these the relationships of these fashion houses, I think how they depend on each other. And I mm-hmm. don't think Scaparelli like necessarily needed to go above and beyond tonight for anything, but they weren't gonna also say anything like negative about Chanel and yeah Carlog Shred either. Yeah. Like why would they create this whole actual costume look when they could have just created something like basic like they did for Kim. Call them basic? Damn. It was so stupid. Like, you're fucking Scaparelli, and you, the irony of what you just did created an entire pearl dress because what's more Chanel than pearls? The Italians? Get it together, guys. Like, that's just embarrassing. Like, that's just, like, you just... It just was so embarrassing. Like, you just did the Italians so dirty. And just the irony of your history. Like, like you could have just put her in a black dress and called it a day. But you you did the whole pearl thing. Like, god damn it. Like, it just, it was an absolute dagger to my heart. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm with you. That's I, why that no work. That's why that no work. <laughs> I just really don't understand why we're not like co-creative directors, but whatever. After this, you and I will never be invited to anything. So good thing our show's ending then. <laughs> good thing we're just canceling ourselves. <laughs> they don't have to do it for us. We're on the outs already. <laughs> So before we get to some of the positives, because, you know, you may be surprised. I do have some like positive things to say about (laughs) some people. Um, I cannot believe that we got so many duplicate looks. And I just like Olivia Wilde and Margaret Zhang. It's unreal that at a Met Gala, two people showed up in the same dress, just different colors. I don't care. They were the same dress. I know that they were different colors. They were the same. No, they were that the same ever thing happened, which also just made me feel like no one fucking cares about this theme or also Olivia Wilde, perhaps. <laughs> like oh I just Well, she was in a group with um like Mod Apatow, I think, or I could be like conflating two different groups that looked very similar. Um, but yeah, Mod Apatow, I mean, it was just like, oh, it's this take on his iconic arrow dress. And I'm like that's what I don't want to see. And so there was like some Twitter confusion where someone photoshopped Zendaya's face on Rita Ora. <laughs> and everyone was like, wait, they're wearing the same thing? But it was photoshopped. Nonetheless, Gigi Hadid came in Givenchy. But that look also was so reminiscent of Rita Ora's. Lots of veils, lots of capes. Now, some capes 
I thoroughly enjoy. But this like long black draped, you know, corseted ribbing, there was just so, so much of it. There was so much of it. And it just so odd to me that a, a carpet like that could be so repetitive. I, yeah. mean, I know with American Lexicon, we got a lot of those like, you know, gilded age kind of bustier type dresses and they, yeah, they had a, a similar structure, yeah. but I think them were different enough. But like, if I'm confusing people, that should not be happening at the Met Gala. Yeah, like I, I know. You know. Well, and I also felt like even some of the like costuming moments that we had, outfit changes on the carpet, like as much as I love Janelle Monet and she has given us some great looks on the red carpet in the past this look was very I felt like repetitive for her she is the queen of black and white and that kind of duality it reminded me very much of her camp look but it just was serving like I just like even with the outfit change it I I think that she did the theme justice but it was more that I was just not it wasn't giving anything like new that I felt like I hadn't seen from her in the past I think with Janelle, I think that's a very, very fair assessment. It was just amongst the sea of sameness on the carpet. At I was least happy she was giving us something a like, performance. I I came to see a performance. Like yes. I came to see something different. Well, it might not be different for Janelle, but it was different yeah. for everyone else on the carpet. Yeah. Well, and the poor thing, I mean, like she didn't know that she was like freaking carrying the show on her fucking shoulders she was like come on guy like get it together like she's like i'm the only one with like an outfit change here okay like so so i i want to maybe talk about some things that i did like i liked amanda seyfried um you didn't say anything about it and i was wondering because for those of you who don't know, Bianca thinks that Amanda Seyfried can do like no wrong. Bianca's like obsessed and Am I? I didn't know this about myself. I mean, I do love her. You do love her. You're like, think that she is the most beautiful thing to have ever graced this planet, which you are not wrong, but I do feel like you have a little level of obsession. I, I, I feel like Amanda Seyfried is one of those extremely talented celebrities but that just kind of like lives her life she does her thing she has like a farm and stuff and like (laughs) she's always posting about like her like whatever goats or horses or cat or whatever i but she also kind of you know i like the little shade that she's kind of throwing ariana grande with the wicked thing how she wanted the role of glinda so bad and i kind of love that she's like been pushing back a little bit on like i i really fucking wanted that and it sucks that i didn't get it I'm just like, ooh, I love a little, little fire. A little spice from Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Well, I, I loved her look. Um, she was in Oscar de la Renta. Uh, something that, as far as it goes on the carpet, was it the most, you know, amazing thing I'd seen all night? No, but I thought it was different enough to where, you know, she she stood out. Um, Jessica Chastain, she was wearing Gucci. She sported a blonde look. I don't know if she dyed her hair. JVN seemed to think it was a wig. And she kind of acted out this like cross between a Warhol, Lagerfeld, you know, she had the dark, you know, stark black glasses on, kind of took them off on the carpet. Like she was performing on the carpet. Mm. Now, do I like that she was 
doing the Carl Lagerfeld performance, especially Jessica Chastain coming from her. Mm -hmm. No. But did she do the theme well? Yes, because she took Carl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty, and made it her own. Mm. And the look was great. She, you know, the blonde, the glasses. She was doing, she was doing her interpretation of Lagerfeld. Mm. And I thought that her performance was good. Mm. Yeah. Should that be the performance that, you know, we we're, you know, gifted with? No, but she did it well. Yeah, I missed her look um, and her, I should say I missed her walk. I think that's kind of the, a little bit of the downside of not doing, not seeing the E! interviews, but just going on the back end is you only get kind of glimpses sometimes of Mm -hmm. when they can catch those moments happening. So um, I did miss that one. You know which one I actually liked? Not that, again, I, I, I did feel like was on theme but I just thought was like a nice look was Sydney Sweeney and Mew Mew. I thought was a good look. And I did she, not like her look. Really? I liked it. With oh the, my God. I, one of my biggest pet peeves of the night was if I see another fucking black bow, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, but her. Nothing against her. Her I bow bothered her me so much less than like other people's bows like I felt like there were so many examples of like if you just throw a bow on something that doesn't mean that it's on theme I I didn't feel that way for her but I also just thought it looked like that was like a look that just looked like it was made for her and I also she was a really her and Anne Hathaway and a couple other people were a really good example of like all of these um, like bump it situations that yes. were happening, high ponytails. And that was like one criticism that Dua Lipa got because, you know, her outfit was stunning. It was a nice iconic moment. Also her necklace, her never before yeah, seen Tiffany, Tiffany yeah. Diamond was incredible. But uh, when that dress originally debuted the runway, that hair had a very romantic updo. And so yeah. we had this very like modern romantic updo from a lot of Hollywood starlets. And we didn't get that from Dua Lipa. I guess that was very much kind of, I felt like it was very much a look for her, but people wanted more from the stylization of that outfit. So that's interesting because I feel like you're onto something. There were two kind of, as far as like, you know, women identifying stars on the carpet, there were two kind of camps. And one of them I thought was the Anne Hathaway, Sydney Sweeney, you know, almost 70s kind of blowout hairstyle. And then something that the panelists could not stop talking about was this like fresh and clean beauty. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like the makeup, no makeup look was back. And it was like the the simple down hair with like a black hair bow in it, you know, or whatever. And then a very fresh face. That was a really interesting kind of like dichotomy, I thought, for something on, on again, like the yeah. Met Gala carpet is this like fresh and clean facial look. Well, speaking of that, and just the person who was glowing the most, uh, Enokiai, I think is how you say her name, the model. I've never seen someone look so luminous in my mm-hmm. entire life. And I yeah. don't know what I loved like more, if it was her outfit or just her skin was yeah, I think incredible. Her skin. Um, 
but I, I will say her outfit was giving like fish. It was giving like jellyfish. It was giving like scales. And I, yeah. And I thought it was very like, okay. So it, to that, I thought it was very sculptural and something on the, in the panel they were showing a lot was the original sketches that mm-hmm. the designers had, had made. And given that it's a line of beauty, I was thinking it's very, you know, it's the Met Gala. It's very artistic. Also, if you want to talk about the exhibition in the CBS clip, they have the quote in like a didactic kind of on in the exhibition where it says fashion does not belong in a museum. It's literally like pasted on the wall in this exhibition. And so I thought it was so interesting that they kept showing the sketches when this quote fashion does not belong in a museum. What is happening on a museum red carpet for a museum fundraiser, let alone I think some people, a line of beauty to me harkens back to where fashion comes from. It's an art form and and how designers actually create this stuff. And I thought her look was so reminiscent of that line mm-hmm. kind of um, hint in, in the theme. And it so much reminded me of like a sketch. Like she's so sculptural. And I think like you said, like the luminescence of her skin just gave her this like figuresque, you know, statuesque presence. Yeah. And I also thought that about Kylie Jenner's look. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to say something. I have never seen Kylie Jenner look more beautiful in her entire life. I thought she was fucking stunning. And I thought that dress was unreal. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. I love right now how divided the internet is over that look which I think is really interesting because it was Gautier wasn't it yes yes it was um and and I did really enjoy it I think as far as one of our cape moments uh, went I really liked it I think same thing with um with uh Enokiai who was by the way also wearing Prabal Gurung's dress um the who was the designer was just giving something different. And I think like in a sea of black and white, it was really nice to see some color. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I love just looking back at the like Kardashian uh, Met Balls looks because historically they really just like don't give that much. They totally miss the mark. They totally miss the mark. And really like camp was the best look uh, for Kylie and for Kendall Jenner. Otherwise, I'm like never really a huge fan. Remember Kim's Heavenly Bodies look? It's just like that Versace dress with like a cross yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. But like historically, I'm never really like a huge fan of Kendall Jenner's looks. So I, I would agree. I really liked Kylie's look. I liked it. I know, um, you know, last year's look was curated to, um, you know, she was wearing off-white. Virgil. Yeah, and so that was really special to her. Yeah, I didn't um, like that look. But. It was not my favorite, so um, she looked fine. She looked amazing. She looked I, I, I thought she was the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that dress is just, I'm going to have like dreams about it. Some people didn't like the, uh, you know, the cape, the kind of like coat, like kimono look. I thought look. that was, that's... That's well, what you're supposed to get on the carpet. But they wanted more from it. Like everyone thought it was very um, plain. Like there should have been more like embroidery, more design, more embellishment on it. But I also think 
kind of to my point about maybe like Sydney Sweeney's dress and maybe why I liked it was because I did feel like that dress was very much styled for her like it very mm-hmm. much fit her and I think something with like color blocking or color washing felt very on brand for uh for Kylie so I just thought that dress was made for yeah. her and looked and very good I I don't think that Kylie's a performer we know she you know isn't yeah. the the star on on television you know she's not the one who's kind of always in front of the camera so i don't think she's a performer if that if that garment was wearing worn by someone else who was really going to you know pull off the kind of like jacket into the long train cape thing you know i think it would have had more dimension on the carpet but nonetheless i the dress was gorge mm-hmm. oh my god yeah yeah so i also for once liked kendall's look and she was wearing Marc Jacobs and she um, had this kind of bodysuit where her sleeves turned into that cape, mm-hmm. but the top was very Carl with this kind of like popped white, pop of white in a collar. Um, and she was also wearing Marc Jacobs, like iconic Bratz looking 90s boots, go-go boots. And um, I thought it was a great look. I thought that was a, again, I, I don't like this theme, but I thought Marc Jacobs and Kendall did the theme well. Yeah. It was a line of beauty. It was an interpretation on some of Carl's signature styles. Yeah. And I thought they did it well. It was better than her like, oh, to American fashion when she just went like old Hollywood um so yeah i think she did the theme it still just wasn't my favorite i will say i mean she looks stunning oh my god i love seeing her stand next to kim because especially with those boots like they just looked her and kylie look so small (laughs) and um i mean kendall looked like a goddess i mean she looked incredible but it just wasn't my favorite um look of the night so so now from Kendall to her after party date bad bunny has also never looked hotter and I'm sorry (laughs) that open back tux it's really nothing special but I was here for some of the men who showed up Mm -hmm. last night and I thought bad bunny was one of them diddy also had kind of an echoing um piece to his where he wore a black tux with this floral cape Bad Bunny was, with an open back carrying that cape. I was feeling things. I was like, <laughs> oh my word. Bianca I was, was so you're not well. I saw some tweet that was like, I love when men get slutty. <laughs> it's like Bad Bunny's open back does. I mean, he's fine. And I'm here for a good open back look. Like he knew he's like, this is my best feature. Cut a hole in that shirt. <laughs> like just took some scissors to it like right before the <laughs> some of the looks that i thought were really really interesting um not to keep talking about bridal fashion but we had several like chanel bridal looks one of them coming from penelope cruz the other one coming from alton mason and i think oh. that is really kind of essential for us to speak about so I did not know much about Alton Mason, but he, um, back in 2018, became the first black male model to walk for Chanel. And so at the Met Ball, he was wearing a- I'm sorry. (laughs) Say that again. Yeah. 
lean in. <laughs> in 2018, Alton Mason was the first, first, in 2018, first black male model to walk for Chanel. And that's actually sickening. That is it, not in a good way. It's absolutely wild. And I have thoughts about it. And so he wore a white lace bodycon bride look complete with a long beaded veil. I mean, he is absolutely stunning. And it was so, you know, it's always great when like men come here for the looks and Mm -hmm. the costuming. And, you know, to also go back to like Bad Bunny and uh, Kendall Jenner, People were like saying like, okay, Kendall, like now you got to step up girl because your man is like looking fine. And people were also comparing their looks together. Like he was a bride and she was the groom and like the way that their their looks looked together. Why am I standing this right now? Why do I love what's happening? Not well. Um, So that's super interesting. But to, to hear Alton talk about his relationship with Chanel and to pay homage to Carl. Like it seemed like he spoke very highly and he was talking about like his team and what he wanted to do and what he wanted to represent tonight and how it was such a big deal for him to be here. But again, like to me, that's, un- I mean, happy for you know that I am what you accomplished is, is amazing, but also the fact that that did only happen in 2018. And, you know, this is, you know, a person who has said very racist things and this is historically a very racist brand. And so there could have been so much more context to that conversation. Not that Alton has to carry that all for us. That is not his job. That's yeah. not his responsibility. Um, I thought his look was fantastic. And amazing. all of that is just kind of, I think, worth noting. And I think what a complex position for him to be in. You know, maybe he doesn't feel that way at all. I don't, like you said, I'm, we're not trying to put anything or no, any feel, negative not. feelings on top not. of like a huge, huge deal. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean. It's just interesting, I guess. It and is. it's so interesting to hear how, you know, not even just him, like Cara Delevingne. I mean, like she was basically his muse and yeah. to also listen to some of these women talk about their relationship with Carl at such a young age, I thought was very interesting and just didn't to hear so many people say like, I first met Carl when I was 13 just made me feel icky. Yeah. I mean, again, I thought Cara Delevingne's look was great. Mm -hmm. Like the whole playing off of Carl's, you know, uh, button-up shirt design and I just I thought it was such a great look and I thought it also looked like Cardelvine. I mean it was like edgy she had that kind of pixie cut going um I thought it was a great look but then yeah you you hear the panelists talk about how you know Carl was like a mentor to her it's like you know it it's just icky <laughs> there's so much just like yeah there's so much unsaid there's so much like that when things like that are said, even though they're talking about him in such high admiration and such high respect, it there's something there that makes me not want to peel back the layers. Yeah. And yeah. when I think you you have that reaction to something, that kind of gut reaction, and you're kind of acknowledging how you feel about that and what is being unsaid, I think is is valid that mm-hmm. there's some ickiness 
just in terms of, you know, how this industry works. And um, I think it's just a lot of pressure for like a 13 year old to be someone's muse. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, another bridal look I loved was Ava Max. I mean, I don't know much about the look at all. I just thought, uh, the, the, the bridal kind of, uh, peppered here and there on the carpet. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very, um, you know, it was very true to fashion and I think very true to Chanel kind of, you know, not that the carpet ended with a bridal look, but bridal pieces are so pivotal in so many shows, uh, into a collection and, I like that they were thrown in there. Kerry Washington and Serena Williams. I also liked their takes on the suit jacket paired with kind of this mermaid skirt. I think I thought, again, another great way to interpret the theme. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll end with my favorite look. It was Anne Hathaway in Versace. Mm-hmm. I just saw her and I think it was also the timing because she awakened me from like a slumber and Andrew, <laughs> Andrew actually fell asleep. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it. I posted an art pop talk story, but he actually fell asleep watching the red carpet and Hathaway when she came, it was like, now I'm seeing something different. And it was that moment where I really saw That's not a Chanel dress. That's not a Carl dress. That is a Versace dress. And that is Donatella's take on Chanel. Mm -hmm. And and that is what a Met Gala carpet is. It is an interpretation of something. And that dress just did it so well. And it was, you know, then, you know, Donatella was talking about like how Carl and Gianni, you know, knew each other. And she hopes that this is like, uh, you know, essentially a marriage of their, you know, ideas and all this stuff. And it's like, again, it's like, well, I hate thinking about that. <laughs> but the look was, was spot on for me. Perfection. I just think also to know, to your point, Bianca, I just also think that Versace understands the assignment all the time. 100%. Every day, 100%. all day, and I don't know. They they just get it because there there's something so like outlandish and kind of garish about Versace that mm-hmm. it is that it does stand out in its own way already. But something so iconic like the big safety pins to incorporate mm-hmm. that staple look in your design that's also still paying homage to this other designer and yet mm-hmm. still make that work. I would agree. And, you know, also the internet and Vogue would agree with you. They have deemed <laughs> Anne Hathaway, you know, the star of the red carpet. And I have absolutely no arguments. I am very here for Anne Hathaway's um, collaboration with Donatella and with Versace. I think it's working out great. I I, I think, think it's working out I great. I think it's working out great. <laughs> Are you like her manager? I am super happy for her. And, you know, Anne Hathaway, I think everyone would agree, like her, her fashion in general. She's having a moment. She's having a moment has just been really on point lately. And I just think we could not be happy for her. I will let you all know um, or I will let her know that you are all super happy for her, you know, when Thank I, you. when I, you know, get on the Meet phone with her after this. Yeah. So I think it's working out great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I'd be curious it, like, if all of the other looks really stepped up, would I think that this is the most, you know, iconic Met Gala look or whatever, but this was just the epitome of what 
the carpet should have looked like. Mm -hmm. It should have been that that moment of visual collaboration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would I would say as far as like our designers go, um, Tom Brown being like runner up after Anne Hathaway's moment. I think that's fair. I think yeah. like there were some really like spot on looks but also he a little bit has the upper hand just because his vibe is yeah. deconstruction suit so like i don't really want to give him like a gold star for that when like that's just already what he does it just like worked out it just him. like worked out for him this year but, yeah yeah you know, i i will say i feel like cardi never disappoints i love everything cardi so wears she said so on the carpet harvey like asked her like uh, you know like what are you wearing or you know all, like the kind of like intro question she was like well i've spent a lot of money on chanel so like that was her answer for why she was there it was just like she's previously spent a lot of money on she's chanel. so funny i just like can't i just think when it comes to her looks like i don't know what it what it is but like I don't know if just like design wise, I'm attracted to the same things that she's attracted to or if she just likes money because she talks about that a lot too. But like when I think of something like her look was very synonymous with all of the other things that we saw and her look yeah. really could easily kind of fall into the fold and the sea of, and, and, you know, just not stand out. However, uh, yes, on a, if everyone would have stepped up again, Cardi's would have been kind of like, yeah, all right, the Camilla flower and the, the I did collar, right? But I did feel like she was working the carpet, or at least I was privy to, you know, watching the live stream. Yeah. Like I got that moment from her. But as far as like, you know, we had a lot of looks that had very like embellished florals on them. So if we're comparing something like Rihanna's outfit with her mm -hmm. kind of outerwear piece she was wearing white but it had all these like big florals on them I just preferred like that dress wasn't really giving me personally any more any less than something like Cardi's dress did and I just I happened to like you know Cardi's better compared to like Bad Bunny like Rihanna's and Bad Bunny's looks were very similar they were I thought Bad Bunny's was I, something about Rihanna's look like it, I felt like it didn't fit her or something like that it just like i don't know it, i didn't it, it wasn't like, that for me it just like and also was she supposed to be the grand finale also i don't know i just read captions that she was like fashionably late I she know. was like very late because on the live stream like they were all trying to make small talk like recapping the night and like was they weren't yeah. telling us who we were waiting for and she wasn't on the e-carpet she didn't make it in time so i think that was also another thing if i'm not mistaken like she was her like she was supposed to be the grand finale and i was just kind of like over it at that point and it, that dress wasn't really giving any more any less yeah. than anything else did that night yeah um, i agree i will say also just it was really funny when they were all waiting for her and they were like ah like where's our next grand finale and you know they were trying to just kill the silence and the void um chloe Feynman was one of the vogue live stream hosts oh, yeah. and she specifically used this time to tell us one of her favorite carl quotes which um definitely lends itself to his fat phobia which was sweatpants are a sign of defeat you lost control of your life so you bought some sweatpants and that's what she chose to say was one of her favorite quotes 
<laughs> one of um, the panelists, and I'm so sorry, I, for, I forgot her name. They all introduced themselves, but she's the newest Housewives on um, Housewives of New York, I think. And um, uh, she was talking about how one year she actually walked the carpet in Scaparelli and she was wearing this like pink denim look and she got to the top of the carpet and one of the, you know, hosts or whatever kind of like looked at her and, and was like a little bit giving her kind of like the look, you know, and she was like, oh, oh my God, like what's wrong? And the whoever was looking at her was like, well, you know, Anna hates denim. And she was like, well, <laughs> I can't fucking change now. <laughs> like, what do you want me to fucking do? Like, may I say to perhaps close this discussion is that <laughs> aside from like this uh, Kendall Bad Bunny thing, I-, I woke up this morning or was it last night? I can't remember. Uh, to the realization that Anna Wintour had debuted her relationship with actor Bill Nye on the red carpet. And I found that wildly fascinating. And he, I just, I love him. I love him in About Time. That is one of my favorite movies. You want a good cry, watch that movie. Oh my God. And then I I literally did a double take. I I read the caption. It's like, Anna and Bill Nye confirm their... Like, and I was like, are we fucking seriously talking about Anna Wintour's relationship right now? This is the juiciest thing that's happening on the carpet. Like, no no one showed up together. Like, last year, you know, we got Pete and Kim's, like, big, you know, carpet debut, blah, blah. And and you're telling me that under the radar, I'm discovering that they're debuting their relationship? Like, what? I just... Everything about it is so odd. I just think of him in um I feel it in my fingers. fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas all around. I actually hate the movie Love Actually. I actually hate it as well. It is the worst movie ever. It is not a good movie. Come at me. Love actually is dumb. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we've made this a show will full be circle in, back in to you, Grant content. This is just one big cancel episode on Hugh Grant just giving us nothing. <laughs> Except Hugh Grant has such a good scene in Love Actually. I think that's like the best part when he's like when going he's like dancing, the palace, dancing. Yeah, I mean. And then you and then you watch it and you're like, oh, you just you yelled at Ashley Graham. Why'd you do that? <laughs> he didn't yell at her. He, he didn't yell at he her. He just like did not engage with her at all <laughs> in a super uncomfortable way. <laughs> she was like, okay, you're giving me nothing cool. <laughs> really quick to close this out because I think I'm gonna be mad at myself if I don't mention it. Uh, just yeah, going no, back to some of the glimpses that we did get um, from the exhibition itself, there was this installation uh, in the exhibition that I really felt was kind of the 
a little bit of like the cornerstone of this whole show because they also choose to highlight it in the preview in the um, CBS News interview, uh, which was this installation and recreation of the infamous photo of Carl's desk covered in mountains of books and sketches. Mm, Yeah. And I just need to say, or I guess like make sure that like we're all on the same page about this, (laughs) how... It was giving male genius. And I know that, you know, again, everyone was speaking to his high level of work ethic, which I do not discredit or discount. And I understand that that was most likely the curator's goal to focus on that aspect of his career. And again, kind of recreate that infamous photo. Um, And just this overall idea of what the fashion community thought of him which was in high regard, but to me, it was serving male genius. Yeah. That's actually super interesting. I, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, when I saw that, my reaction was like, ew, disgusting. <laughs> like it completely, you can't, you yeah. can't work like that. Like fundamentally no one use no one would use all of those items. Like it, it, it looks like there's just like a hoarding kind of frenzy of papers on this desk. And that's, you know, if that's how you worked, that's how you worked. But you're totally right in the it's giving male genius. It's a curated. Like it's, it's not it's giving messy. It's not image. giving like. It's a persona. And yeah. again, I don't discredit that actuality in terms of everyone speaking about his high work, work ethic. It's not that I just, sure. these things were not just handed to him to some degree. Like he, like I believe everybody when they say how much they acknowledged and they felt inspired by his level of creativity and his work ethic. But like that to me was just a reconstruction of a constructed image that was yeah. made to make him look like a male genius. And the fact that yeah. they they recreated it, I was like, yo, we all on the same page here. Like, yeah, I just, no, I, I, I totally feel you. like this was not some like cool moment. And it's that installation that just also was personifying that tone that I had for the night, which was that like, we're honoring this problematic person and it's just, it's giving male genius. Yeah. And that's also something I want to ask Andrew Bolton a lot of questions because how I mentioned earlier, they put that quote, like fashion does not belong in a museum or whatever. And then they put it in the gallery. I was like, do you think you're being like cool and edgy right now? Like, I feel like you're being like an art prick Mm -hmm. and uh this show gives me art prick vibes like yeah especially with this is why no one likes going to museum like they're you're making it inaccessible and then you're just putting in our faces like art doesn't belong in a museum oh but but here it is for you you know it's just like right and then you're fuck you it's like you're trying to be yeah it's like like it's like, you can't fool me. You're exactly right. Like, this is why people think art is bullshit when, like, you create an installation like that. And there was, there's also this really weird phone installation with different, like, videos or images, like, flashing of, like, Carl mm-hmm. laughing that just, like, is Ew. just what's supposed Creepo. to be, like, edgy, weird fashion shit. Like, it just yeah. is. It's like this satirical. Did you watch um, Triangle of Sadness? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. But it opens with this, like satirical um kind of view of a fashion show where it's like love is love like like almost like like a zoolander kind of like like poke or jab at at what 
you know, like high fashion is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the the opening of Triangle Sadness has that that element where it's just like flashing images and then like big bold words like right. hate, love, you know, like <laughs> right. I'm just like for someone that you keep talking about is so iconic, like this means nothing. It means nothing. It's so flat. And also, if you're going to go there, again, like, do not trick me. <laughs> you know foolish of me. Like, <laughs> you don't put this thing, like, fashion does not belong in a museum. And then ignore all of the context uh, of this, you know, of who he was and the things that he said. Yeah. Like, you're isolating these pieces, and I know you're doing it. Yeah. And this one thing you're doing by, like, actually putting his work in a museum – doesn't make you cool and it doesn't make me forget all of the other shit that he said yeah it just makes me remember that shit more yeah yeah or that you're also just like you know going back to the institution also protecting this image it, it yeah 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 like safeguarding it 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah that's what it feels yeah. like so yeah so i did want to talk about that i did think it was important and i think that kind of ends our conversation in a an, a more roundabout way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, this was great. And um, <laughs> like we said, in two Tuesdays, you all uh, will be joining us with Women's Art Wednesday. We are so excited to have them back on the podcast. And I think with that, we will talk to you all in two Tuesdays. All righty. Bye, everyone. Bye. Art Pop Talk's executive producers are me, Bianca Martucci-Fink. And me, Gianna Martucci-Fink. Music and sounds are by Josh Turner, and photography is by Adrian Turner. And our graphic designer is Sid Hammond. 